0: Hello, and welcome to the Building Through Him podcast. I'm Mary Jo Parrish, founder of Kingdom Builders. And today's episode is the June Teaching Treasures of the Sacred Heart. And just so you know, you are always loved and always welcome here. We like to start off with some funny stories. We all need a little bit more laughter in our lives. So, my husband and I both served in the military, and some of my care is through the VA. And I had to go pick up a prescription. So, I come to the window. And I give her my name and she's like, oh, there's some type of barrier. You're going to go have to take a number and talk with the pharmacist. I'm like, all right. So I pick a number and I hear this Christian music playing. And it was miracle of grace, mystery of a faith, calling us to venture to the deep. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize the VA play Christian music. This is like one of my favorite songs. And I finally, my number is called and I go to the pharmacist's office. And when I go inside his office, the music gets really loud. And a couple of times I actually have to lean forward because I can't hear him over the sound of the music. And I'm like, okay, brother, like, I know you love Jesus, but like, can we tone it down a little bit so you can actually do your job? I'm being super judgy with him. And so I'm like, well, he obviously loves Jesus. I bet he'll want to pray. I'm like, hey, do you want to pray? And he's like, I would love to. So he gives me his prayer intention. He stands up, I touch his shoulder and I'm just praying over him. And all of a sudden the the music changes to this song from John Michael Talbot, I'm the Bread of Life. So it's like, I am the Bread of Life. And I'm like, okay, that's really weird because that Miracle of Grace and Bread of Life, those were both in the May gathering. And the Bread of Life, that's more like a church song. I don't, I don't know if I've ever heard that on like regular Praise and Worship Christian radio, but I'm like, all right, Lord, I'll use that. So I'm like, and Jesus, you are the bread of life. And I'm like speaking this over this pharmacist and sounded really good. And he's like, thank you so much. And so I go back to the window to pick up my prescription. On my way back to the window, there's another song. It's Belovedness by Sarah Kroger. And I'm like, that's really weird because we're doing that song in the June gathering. And one of the lines and there is, He says, you're mine. I smiled when I made you. I find you beautiful in every way. And I can hear the Lord singing that over every human being, except I struggle to receive that. I struggle to hear him singing that over me. I am always like, I have these things I need to work out before I'm ready to receive like all of your love, you know? And I am experiencing that and like, uh, Lord, I want, I want to receive this, but I just can't. I don't know why. And I get this immediate image, like bird's-eye view, of me praying with that pharmacist, my hand on his left shoulder, and the Lord delighting in that prayer. And like, one of the first time I really felt I'm going cry now talking about it that the Lord was delighting in just me being his daughter. And I start crying crying now, even talking about it, I start crying. I'm start crying so hard that when I get to the window to actually pick up my prescription, I can't even speak my name. And you actually just have to speak your name in the last four of your social to pick up your medicine. And I'm like, I cannot be, I can barely get this out. And this lady is looking at me with these big eyes, like, my gosh, she must really need this medicine. Like, I must be in a ton of pain or something. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. And I like get myself together, finally give her my name in the last four. And like and my I have tears just running down my face and I walk outside and that music is still going. That song still is playing. And I'm like, my gosh, they must have installed speakers in the parking lot at the VA. This is unreal. And I'm like thinking all of a sudden, once I get closer to my truck, that something's not right. Hmm. Yeah, that sound is coming from my butt, it's coming from my back pocket because it's my phone, and I am start laughing. I mean, I just had gotten done bawling. Okay, so I, tears still are wet on my face, and then I start roaring laughing. I have to replay. I have to replay. I have to replay the entire trip in the VA, one step to the other. I'm like visualizing myself walking into this pharmacist's office with the phone playing as loud as it was, to the point that he. I couldn't even hear myself talk to him or vice versa. And it's like, it was like my own little Mary Joe movie. Each scene had a different song playing and I'm like dying laughing. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, I start negating this Holy Spirit moment I had just experienced. And the Lord just laid on my heart, hey, when has your phone ever done that before? And I was like, it never has. And he's like, that was me. And so I'm just going ahead and claim it, okay? I'm going to claim my belovedness in my humility. And I am, like, not looking forward to having to go back again and and face that pharmacist who no doubt knows I'm crazy. But, you know, like, we're just crazy in love with our Savior, right? We'll just embrace it. And if you're like, oh, I wonder what, what these songs are. We have a whole music playlist. It has every song that we have ever played at a Kingdom Builder gathering, and there's a lot of them, and they're all amazing. Just go to buildingthroughhim.com and click resources, and it will pop down. It will say gathering music, and that's always right there. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for He has looked upon His handmaid's liliness. Behold, from now on, all ages will call me blessed. The mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is from age to age to those who fear him. He has shown might with his arm, dispersed the arrogant of mind and heart. He has thrown down the rulers from their thrones, but lifted up the lowly. The hungry he has filled with good things, the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped Israel his servant, remembering his mercy, according to his promise to our fathers, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Amen. So in Kingdom Builders, we always talk about three things, our foundation, and sometimes people might get sick of me saying this, or if you go to the gathering, sick of your presenter saying it, but it bears repeating, right? Because when you're going through a difficult day, if you've not gotten your prayer in, it's like, okay, I need to get my 10 minutes of prayer in. So the first thing is we pray for a minimum of 10 minutes a day. Hopefully that leads you to more prayer, but a minimum of 10 minutes. Number two, we go to church on Sunday, right? We are called to honor the Lord on Sunday to give him worship. And number three, we're staying in a state of grace. We need to get to the sacrament of reconciliation, a self-help group, whatever we need to do to stay free of that heavy sin so we can receive all the graces he wants to pour out. We need to do that. Like first and foremost, that's our foundation. Then we continue to build ourselves, others, and the church. So we're talking about the treasures of the sacred heart. But before we get into that, I want to say one more thing. Right now, we are making the final arrangements for our Kingdom Builders Conference. It's called Magnify. Magnify. Every time we meet and discuss it, it gets more and more awesome. It's going to be such an amazing and blessed day. We have the author and speaker, Lisa Cotter, Kristen Riley from Many Hail Marys at a Time, this lady known as Mary Jo Parrish, she's going to be talking. But seriously, mass, adoration, opportunities for reconciliation, shopping. We have some amazing Christian vendors that we got this year. Excellent food and so much laughter. Like, if you're like, oh, I'm not really sure if I want to do that. I want you to just to do it for the joy. Like, we all need a little more joy in our lives. Amen? Amen. We need some more joy. So consider that. October 7th is the date of the conference, and tickets go on sale July 22nd. So treasures of the sacred heart. So there's this saint called St. Margaret Mary. She's born in France in the 1600s. She experienced a very difficult childhood, as is common with many saints, And she makes this childhood vow that she would serve Our Lady among the religious that are dedicated to her honor. So she enters the order of the visitation, which, by the way, that's the prayer we say at the beginning, like where Mary and Elizabeth meet the visitation. So she goes to this order and she's so excited. But when she gets there, she doesn't fit in. She's kind of clumsy and awkward. She struggled to be still in their form of prayer and meditation. And even some of her own religious sisters are hostile toward her. And then something super amazing happens. So on December 27th, the feast of St. John the Evangelist, her religious sisters find her on the floor in the chapel, and she's completely rigid to carry her back to her cell. And when she finally awakens a few hours later, she calls herself the apostle of the sacred heart. And she explains that Jesus came to her, took her heart out of her body, laced it in his own heart for a moment until it was inflamed and then returned it to her. Her heart all inflamed with his love. She explained from that point on, her heart yearned for souls like God himself. Jesus says this to St. Margaret Mary, I have chosen you, To make me known to men. Jesus also tells her he didn't want her to have any bitterness towards those sisters who were being really mean to her. He wanted her to recognize that even those misguided souls are instruments of divine grace. They were actually providing her many precious opportunities to suffer and make reparation for the sins of others. And Jesus explains that when we offer our Lord these little sufferings that he actually gives graces to those in need of him. So I'm sure many of you've heard when you were little, offer it up, offer it up, because Jesus actually takes those so that he can give graces to others in need. Matthew 10:38 Whoever does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake we'll find it. We're called to take up our cross, right? To experience those sufferings. Jesus is inviting us to honor that discomfort that we face in our life, but not to live in fear of it. Has anyone ever heard, oh, we're just waiting for the other shoe to drop, that phrase or question? Usually we say this after like some negative event has happened and we're like, anticipating the next negative event that will inevitably follow. So this phrase originates from the 1900 when they had these crowded boarding houses and they were, you know, packed full of people. And so one person would come home from work and because the floors and walls were so thin, when they would take off one work boot, it would drop to the floor and make like a loud pounding sound. And it would startle the people underneath. And so they knew, because we have two feet, If they heard one boot, they were going to anticipate the next boot. So that's kind of where it originates from. So we might say something like, well, my washer started making a funny noise. Now we're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. The point that we're trying to make is that the washer is about to break, right? What we're doing here is we're trying to dress rehearse potential future suffering. Like somehow that'll make it better. You know, we're like dress rehearsing that. And I bet you've also heard of the phrase, knock on wood, after speaking about something joyful or a blessing. My husband was verbally offered the job, knock on wood, everything goes well from here. So that method of superstition is thought to be used by ancient pagans to bring forth spirits. It was spoken in fear of a blessing being taken away. And now it's become like a common phrase, right? We often speak it because we don't want to trust fully in our joy. It's like we forget how beloved we are to our Heavenly Father. Matthew ten thirty two, Even all the hairs of your head are counted. So do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. So, When something happens in your life, like something good, how many of you start to kind of celebrate and get excited only to find yourself thinking, well, don't get too happy. It's probably all going to go wrong soon. Why are these phrases and thought patterns so common to us? Why do we dress rehearse disaster in moments of joy? Because experiencing joy is vulnerable. Brene Brown, she's like a a powerhouse of business leadership. She says, joy is the most vulnerable emotion we feel. It's beauty and fragility with gratitude and impermanence all wrapped up in one experience. I'm just going to read that again because it's so powerful. Joy is the most vulnerable emotion we feel. It's beauty and fragility with gratitude and impermanence all wrapped up into one experience, right? It's vulnerable. I have a question for you. What if in our moments of joy, Jesus desires they also be offered up to him so that he can rejoice with us? What if offering it up had a hidden and powerful component that we have completely missed. We know our Lord desires us to offer up suffering, right? He wants to be with us there, but he also wants to be with us in the joy as well, right? Jesus says, I came that they might have life and have it more abundantly, John ten ten, right? He came that we might have life. Of course, he wants to be with us in our joy. We know that God mounts his throne to shouts of joy. He doesn't want us to fear the joy. He doesn't want us to dress rehearse future suffering. He desires that joy be our war cry. Psalm 89, blessed the people who know the war cry, who walk in the radiance of your face, Lord, in your name, they sing joyfully all the day. When suffering comes, we will allow the Lord to use it for transformation, right? But even more than that, we are going to learn how to claim the treasures of the sacred heart. The more you need them, the more that Jesus desires to give them. I want you to give Jesus your heart today, to be inflamed with his love, to walk in the worth and the authority of your belovedness as a son or daughter of a mighty king and to claim the treasures of his sacred heart that he desires to pour out into you so that joy can be your war cry. Jeremiah 1.4, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I dedicated you. Because we are formed by God. We are known by God. We are loved by God. We are dedicated to God. We are his. 2 Kings 4.16, you shall be my special possession, dearer to me than all other people, though all the earth is mine. That's how dear you are to the Lord. We also know we are completely dependent on Him. We can do nothing without Him. John 15.5, apart from me, you can do nothing. But we also know God doesn't want slaves. God desires sons and daughters. He desires to work with us. Psalm 139, Truly, you have formed my inmost being. You knit me in my mother's womb. I give you thanks that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. When a diamond is cut, each facet of that diamond shines completely differently. And in the same way, each human being is created to show a new reflection of God. Each of us is created for a purpose that no one else can fulfill. It is ours alone. And this is the thing. God knows best how our gifts and talents should be used. You know why? Because He created us, right? He created us for that purpose. He knows best. So understanding the beauty of our design only happens when our will is aligned to God's will. There's a book called The Screwtape Letters, written by C.S. Lewis, and it's based on his thoughts about how he believes demons might communicate with one another. And this is a quote from that book. It is two demons speaking about their hatred for God and God's desires. He really does want to fill the universe with a lot of loathsome little replicas of himself. Creatures whose life, on its miniature scale, will be qualitatively like his own. Not because he's absorbed them. Because their wills freely conform to him. We want cattle, who can finally become food. He wants servants, who can finally become sons and daughters. He wants a world full of beings... United to him, but still distinct. That's a lot to take in right there. Satan wants cattle. God wants sons and daughters. I think that cattle, that call to cattleness, is really strong in our world, especially right now. That desire to fit in, to belong. And I've struggled to do that for a lot of my life to try to sterilize my thoughts, to filter down the really holy things that the Lord laid on my heart before I spoke because I knew it would make people uncomfortable. My soul has always lived in the deep, but I have dragged myself to the shallow end over and over. God would lay something on my heart. I would blatantly ignore it and attempt just to fit in. I just want to fit in, just keep the peace, go along to get along and failing because stuff would sneak out of my mouth. And I kept trying to control and contain the fire of God's love within me. And honestly, I felt like I was dying inside. Slowly, the Lord put me in different jobs that allowed me to finally speak of his love freely without fear of being fired or ridiculed. And I realize now that back then me trying to fit in just to not say anything holy, not to offer to pray with anyone because it makes me uncomfortable. Or maybe I'll make them uncomfortable. You don't want to make anyone uncomfortable. I realized that was my obedience to Satan's will, that fear. Satan was trying to get me to ignore the unique beauty of my design. He was trying to block me from living in God's will. He was trying to lead me to become cattle. And I listened to him. I was cattle on and off for many years. Thank goodness God never gave up. God kept coming after me. And unveiling different parts of my design, putting holy friendships in my life, that putting holy women in my life who understood the beauty of my design and would affirm it. I'm like, oh, that's a good thing. Yes, Mary Jo, it's a good thing. Like I didn't know. He was constantly showing me how to walk in my belovedness as a child of God. And even though I failed a lot, I was like, right, two steps forward, one step back, one step forward, two steps back. He never gave up. And that fire that he had, that he put inside my heart, kept burning stronger and stronger within me. If I could go back, I would tell myself, girl, claim it all. Take all his love. Let that fire burn. Embrace all of your beautiful design. You were not made to fit in this world. You were not made to be cattle. Let him shine through you it's what you were created for i wish i could go back and tell myself that so why does satan want us to be cattle what's the whole deal with cattle cattle when they go out to pasture they take the exact same path they mimic one another they're not unique and satan is constantly trying to tempt us to become cattle empty desperate boring uncreative Keep gazing at that screen endlessly like everyone else, just like with cattle. Keep grazing on that grass like every other cow, and they don't even understand that Satan is trying to fatten them up so that they're more easily led to slaughter, that all of that is a distraction to keep them from living out the beauty of their design so that they're more easily conformed to his will and not God's will. God desires sons and daughters, courageous to live out the beauty of their design, to allow every part of their diamond selves to shine gloriously in this world. My gosh, my brothers and sisters, our world is desperate, desperate for people to shine. And if you're hearing me speak right now, that means you shine, live out the beauty of your design. It's what you're created for. Stop your cattle living, get rid of the whole cattle life. You were created for greatness. You're created to be a son and daughter of a king. The closer that we become to God, the more unique and the brighter we shine. Because Jesus wants us on fire with his love, shining so bright, so on fire with his love. Another thing C.S. Lewis says is, how similar all the tyrants, how different all the saints, how similar all the tyrants, those power controlling nasty living out the will of Satan, how different all the saints, uniquely created by God, shining their light in their beautiful way as he intended. So when the Lord spoke to St. Margaret Mary of his love, deep love for sinners, and his desire to be loved by them in return, he promised that he would shed an abundance of grace on all who paid honor to his sacred heart. So what does that mean? You know, Jesus desires our love, right? So he tells her that he wants us to receive communion as often as possible, but especially on first Fridays, in addition to Sundays. So I'm going to be completely honest here. Daily mass, you know, beautiful, good thing. 12 years Catholic education, right? We went to daily mass. But I realized when I would not because I was actually going to daily mass, but I would drive past the parking lot. There was definitely more cars on the first Friday and first Saturday of the month. I had no idea why for years, okay? If you're like, oh, I wonder why there's so many people at first Friday and first Saturday. This is why. It's because of the message that Jesus gave to St. Margaret Mary, right? This is why. This is living out the love of the sacred heart of Jesus, he says to Margaret Mary, I promise that my heart will abundantly bestow special favors upon all those who honor it and who will win others to offer it in such an honor. Okay. So you listen to this podcast and you're like, Oh, how do I win, win it for others for this podcast? It's this all about the sacred heart of Jesus. Forward it to like five friends. Be like, Oh, I thought you'd want to know about the sacred heart of Jesus. That's you winning it for others. It takes what? Like 15 seconds to forward it on. Do that. That's a way of bringing people to him. Jesus wants us to claim ourselves as beloved sons and daughters, right? He wants us to honor our belovedness in our own unique design to truly see how we were created to show a new reflection of God in the world. He desires that we claim the fact that he formed us, knew us, dedicated us, and loved us before we were even born. We are totally his. And he wants us to claim the treasures of his sacred heart. He tells Margaret Mary that his sacred heart is a treasure house of riches that can never be emptied, no matter how much we draw upon it. The sacred heart is a treasure house of riches that can never be emptied, no matter how much we draw upon it. You want more wisdom? You want more knowledge? You want more peace? you want more consolation, you want more justice, you want more mercy, you want more love, you want more faith, you want more hope, ask from his sacred heart. They're all there. Every virtue, every gift is there. The more in need we are of these things, the more Jesus desires that we draw upon these treasures. That means the greater the amount of suffering that we have experienced in our life, The more horrible the circumstances we've lived through, my brothers and sisters, some of us have lived through really serious traumas. The more serious the trauma, the more he desires to give the treasures of his sacred heart to you. But sometimes we actually struggle to ask for them. What's that about? Why are we struggling to ask for the treasures of the sacred heart? So I heard this speaker once tell this story about this woman who used all her money to buy passage to America, and she's super excited, but she only had just a a little bit of money left to get started once she got to the United States, and she didn't have enough money to buy food while she was on board the ship. So she packed like some stale biscuits for her journey, and each day she sat outside the dining area and looked in this little dirty window and ate her stale biscuit, and she could... Hear them talking and chatting. She could hear the silverware clinking, and she could smell the food. Her stomach would growl with hunger, and she did this day in and day out. But halfway through her voyage, as she was watching the passengers eat through that little window, the captain of the ship walked by and saw her there, and he said, "What? What are you doing out here? Come in and dine with the other guests." And she's embarrassed. She finally admitted she just could not afford to buy the food. And the captain said, the food was included in the price of the voyage. The price has already been paid. Come and receive what is yours. The price has already been paid with his blood. We are his chosen people. The treasures of the sacred heart are ours if we ask. So are we going to stay outside looking in while our souls hunger for more? Are we going to continue to look through that sad little window while nibbling our stale biscuits? Or are we going to claim our inheritance as beloved sons and daughters of the king and walk in the worth and authority of that title? Is anyone else tired of living on stale biscuits? I hope so. We weren't created for stale biscuit living, right? God did not create us for that. We are going to walk in that dining room that has been prepared for us all along. Part of that dining room may mean getting to a kingdom of their gathering. These are once a month for one and a half hours. I have women who are like, oh, I got to go to Johnny's practice. I got to go here. I got to go there. I'm like, what about you? What do you get to receive? You come here and you only receive. That's all you do. We don't ever ask for money. We don't ask you to do anything because we want women just to be able to come and receive the peace and joy that the Lord died to give them. And there's many excuses for stale biscuit living. When I was complaining to my priest about being exhausted, he said, Mary Jo, when's the last time you went on a retreat or to a conference? I was like, oh, it's been a long time. And he said, do you know why? It's a canon law that priests have to go on an annual retreat. I was like, I do not know why. He said, because otherwise we wouldn't go because we are too busy. We wouldn't go otherwise. You need to go. So I want to take this moment to invite you to think about attending the Kingdom Builder Conference on October 7th, a day away, a beautiful opportunity for an entire day of laughter and joy and receiving you're like, hmm, I'm not really sure. Well, what we should ask yourself when the last time, if you're a woman, went to a retreat or a conference. If you're a guy, do you know the last time your wife, your sister, your mom, your daughter had a day away to completely receive? Because taking that time is walking in the worth and authority of a beloved daughter or walking in the worth and authority as a beloved son to support God's beloved daughters and getting there. feel like, okay, I really want to know more about this. Go to buildingthroughhim.com and click events. If you cannot afford a ticket, there's an email there for you to contact a woman who will work with you on processing what you can afford. Don't let anything keep you away from receiving. The Lord wants to pour out for you peace and joy. Because all of us are welcome at the table of our Lord, most especially those who've been surviving on stale biscuits. And Jesus desires that we claim all the treasures of his sacred heart. So after serving as like novice mistress and then superior, St. Margaret Mary died at the age of 43. And while receiving her final sacrament and being anointing, she said, I need nothing but God and to lose myself in the heart of Jesus. I need nothing but God and to lose myself in the heart of Jesus. My brothers and sisters, God is calling us to stop wood knocking, shoe dropping, and stale biscuit eating. God is calling us to eliminate the dress rehearsing of anticipated suffering. God is calling us to give Jesus our heart so that it can be inflamed with his love And God is inviting us to fully enter in to the blessing that Jesus died to give us. God is calling us to sanctify our suffering and our joy, to embrace it all. So if you're not driving right now, can you just pause for a moment and receive this prayer? Close your eyes and just let me pray this over you. We come to you, God, as beloved sons and daughters. We have been dress rehearsing anticipated suffering for far too long. We have too often lived in fear and self-loathing. We have too often been focused on our mess and our failures in the past. We have too often believed the voice of the enemy and the lies he has spoken over us. Today, right now, we leave behind cattle living. We leave behind the spirit of scarcity. We are claiming the truth of what you, our heavenly father has spoken over us. We claim that you knew us before we were born. We claim the truth that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We claim the truth that you knit us together in our mother's womb. We claim the truth that we are chosen by you. We are dedicated for you and we are created for a purpose that no one else can fulfill. But God, most of all, We claim our belovedness as sons and daughters. We are claiming that you smiled when you made us. You sang over us in joy. And you find all of who we are to be beautiful. And we rest in that truth. And in the truth that we have the courage to ask for more because we know you desire to give it. Right now, right here, we ask for the treasures of your sacred heart. But we want more than those treasures, Lord. We ask you to take our heart like you did St. Margaret Mary, to place it within your own sacred heart until it glows with the flame of your love. And then put it back within us. We don't want to contain that fire of your love. We don't want to control the fire of your love. We give you free reign to allow it to burn within us in a way that it has never burned before. We invite you right now to burn within us so strong that we will go forth to love souls just like you. Jesus said to St. Margaret Mary, my divine heart is so inflamed with love for men, being unable any longer to contain within itself the flames of its burning love, it needs to spread them abroad, through you. If you would like more information about Kingdom Builders, or would like to know how to bring this apostolate to your parish, please go to our website at buildingthroughhim.com and click Build With Us.